Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Today I want to tell you the sad, shrinking story of the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church USA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and the Presbyterian Church USA. And we're going to learn how liberalism, that is, getting away from the teaching of the Bible, is destroying the church. Would you take a moment and let's pray. Father, we do want to pray so much of American Christianity is following the world and not the word. Lord, we pray for revival and repentance in, in your churches. And Lord, we pray that for people that are watching this show that need to switch to a better brand of, of their denomination, we would pray that you, you would just speak to us now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. First, let me tell you the story of the United Church of Christ. The United Church of Christ's roots were the Puritans, the early founders of American Christianity. They were biblical people. They loved Jesus. They believed in the Trinity. They believed Jesus is God. They believed Jesus is the only way of salvation. Today in the United Church of Christ, you can deny the Trinity, deny that Christ is our only Savior. You can deny all those things. You can have a Unitarian view of God and be a United Church of Christ pastor. It has become the quickest shrinking, most radical of all the Christian denominations. So let's talk about the United Church of Christ or the Congregationalists. <clears throat> I was on vacation sightseeing in Charleston, South Carolina. It's a Sunday morning. I'd just been to church. Now I'm walking the historic street, and I walk by this big, historic, old brick Congregational Church, UCC. Out in front of the church, they have a huge rainbow banner proclaiming their gay friendliness. On the banner are the words, God is still speaking. That's the United Church of Christ's national slogan. What does it mean? I think it means God is telling us new things. He didn't tell our Puritan forefathers. Things like gay inclusion. Things like worshiping God the mother. So... Their worship service is getting out. I slip in the door of the church. I want to see what their worship service was like. I grab the bulletin. Let me, let me read to you the opening hymn. What should we call these accidental furrows? Roads? Everyone who moves on walks like Jesus on the sea. You walking, your footprints are the road and nothing else. There is no road, walker. You make the road by walking. Walker, there is no road, only wind trails in the sea. You know what that means? What? what? Huh? Then, in the bulletin, it says this. We will now have the Lord's Prayer. The leader will say, Our Mother, Our Father in Heaven. But please feel free to address God in the way that is most true to your understanding. Do you hear that? 
the tragedy of the United Church of Christ, you're going to make up your own version of God. If you don't like God the Father, you make up God the Mother. And does it not strike people how arrogant it is for the United Church of Christ, and there are Lutheran churches that do the same thing, our Mother who art in heaven, isn't it arrogant to correct Jesus and to change his Lord's Prayer? What? Do they know more than him? It's just arrogance. Um, the, uh, the bulletin had awful announcements too. They're having a course called, Is There Another Way About Getting Away from Traditional Christian uh, Teaching? That's the United Church of Christ. That's Charleston, South Carolina. I was in Florida during Christmas. I went to a different UCC church. Beautiful colonial building, wonderful uh, singing choir. You'd have thought you were in a good Bible-believing church until you looked at the bulletin. Uh, at the bulletin, here's what they're offering at the United Church of Christ in, in Florida there. Yo yoga basics and meditation class. And then, of course, on Dr. Marcus Borg. Marcus Borg is an Episcopal scholar who just died, who taught Jesus did not rise from the dead. He was part of the Jesus Seminar. The Jesus Seminar teaches 90% of what Jesus said in the New Testament, he never said. And they're having a course on him. And then the senior pastor is having a course on Bishop John Shelby Spong. Have you ever heard of him? He's this radical Episcopal retired bishop. Spong does not believe in the virgin birth of Christ. He does not believe Jesus made atonement for our sins. He doesn't believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ. He uh, denies the miracles of the Bible. He's pro-gay, pro-abortion rights. That's who they're bringing in. Not only are they doing a course on him, uh, he will be our scholar in residence this spring. Spong has written a book, Why Christianity Must Change or Die. And the point of the book is we need to get rid of our biblical doctrine and start embracing his enlightened doctrine. You know what the truth is? The churches that are doing that, they're the ones that are dying, Bishop Spong. Here is what uh, a man by the name of Alexander Griswold has written about the United Church of Christ, a book called How to Shrink Your Church in One Easy Step. Quote, the United Church of Christ has been bleeding members for decade, decades since the 1960s. Its decline rapidly accelerated after they approved gay marriage in 2005. Since 2005, the UCC has lost 250,000 members, a decline of 20% over seven years. Then they lost, an, they used to average a loss of 39 congregations per year from 1990 to 2004, but now, since the gay vote, 350 congregations have left in just three years. This congregation, that used, this denomination in the 60s was kind of big, it's just, it's just almost not there. Let's move on to the Episcopalians. Here's the history of the Episcopal Church. In the 1500s, King Henry VIII of England wanted to divorce his wife and marry someone new. The Pope said no, and Henry VIII said, then I now am head of the Church of England. That's how the Episcopal Church got born. My Catholic friend said, not a good way to found a church based on your king's adultery. <laughs> and he's got a point. But I will say this, the Episcopal Church used to be a wonderful church, beautiful hymns, Beautiful liturgy. You can't beat their Book of Common Prayer. If you want good, solid, biblical worship and prayers, Book of Common Prayer is wonderful. Sadly, on the heels of the United Church of Christ, I'm guessing, in my opinion, the second most liberal Christian denomination is the Episcopal Church USA. 
their head bishop, gratefully she's not running for office again. Her name is Catherine Jefferts Shorey. She's the head bishop of the Episcopal Church in the United States. She's a feminist. She likens the Holy Spirit to white buffalo woman of Native American spirituality. She believes everybody goes to heaven. She's very much in favor of the, the gay practicing priests and bishops now that they have in the Episcopal Church. So here's what happened recently. The huge National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., where the presidents have their funerals, that's an Episcopal Cathedral. What did the Episcopal leaders do recently? They brought the Muslims in to worship Allah in their Christian cathedral. God bless some Christian woman who stood up in the middle of that service and wrecked it and basically said, what are we doing today? Well, the liberal Episcopal bishop of Washington defended it all. Here we go. A bishop, Marianne Edgar Buddy, said, some Christians, she got hundreds of complaints. Some Christians have lamented the fact that we welcomed Muslim prayer in a space consecrated for Christian worship as if to do so were not Christian. I respect their point of view, but I do not share it. I believe that to welcome Muslims to pray their prayers in our sacred space is not a violation of our identity as Christians, but a clear expression of our faith. I say this as one who loves Jesus, knows him as Lord and Savior, uh, believes in the Trinity, and I strive each day to seek and serve Christ in all persons, etc. Wait a minute, Bishop. You forgot what's called the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods. <laughs> uh, you know what the problem with the ancient Jews was? It's not that they stopped worshiping the true God, Jehovah. They just added other gods like Baal and Ashtaroth. And we know what God did in 586 B.C. He brought the Babylonians in to destroy Jerusalem because of mixing up other gods. Well, what's going to be the future of the Episcopal Church now that they're bringing in not just God, Christian worship, we're going to worship Allah, we're going to worship all this stuff. I don't think that, and, and the Episcopal Church too has just shrunken through the years, and that's good. Now, so, I was sightseeing in Williamsburg, Virginia, and Williamsburg, Virginia has a beautiful old church built in 1715 called Bruton Hall Parish. So I thought, I'm going to go there for church this Sunday. The Episcopal visiting bishop, he's a retired bishop, gets up and preaches. And in his sermon, he refers to the Catholic bishops that had recently met and from all over the world. And at the beginning of the week, the press made it sound like the bishops were going to become more liberal on homosexuality. But by the end of the week, the Catholic Church reaffirmed their tr traditional biblical opposition to homosexual sex. The Episcopal bishop gets in the pulpit, opens a sermon with, the Catholic Church has become like the Pharisees, always insisting on the truth. And, all right, the rest of his sermon was fine, but that's like saying, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like the play? And after he was shaking, he's shaking hands at the end of the service. And I'm praying, Lord, do I say something or not? And I was leaning toward not. But when I get up to him, the old lady right in front of me, if, if I heard right, she was praising him for his pro-gay stance. So I took his hand and I said, were you saying that the Catholic bishops that are opposed to homosexual behavior are Pharisees? Well, no, I, I just said they're Pharisees in that they like to insist on the truth. Okay, that's what I said. And he said, and I said to him, 
does this congregation affirm homosexual behavior for Christians? I'm just the visiting uh, preacher today. I'm not, you, know, you could, and I thought, how sad that this bishop of the Episcopal Church cannot take a stand for the Bible. Well, that's the Episcopal Church. Let's move on and talk about the Lutherans. I'm a Lutheran. We've got to say this about the Lutherans. There are two kinds of Lutherans. There's the liberal evangelical Lutheran church in America. That's the biggest Lutheran body. And then there's groups like the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church, Wisconsin Synod Lutheran Church. They're, those churches are very biblical, very Christ-centered. The, the ELCA is a problem, and let's talk about this. I just got this this week. There's a large ELCA church in the Twin Cities here. Once upon a time, it was known for being more evangelical. Not anymore. Their senior pastor has written an article, and he talks about his friend who's troubled by what Jesus said in John 14, 6, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And this pastor says, I'm not troubled by that, because what that really means is love is the only way to heaven. That's not what it says. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He didn't say, love is the way and the truth. But this pastor puts anybody in heaven who's loving it's called universalism. Everybody goes to heaven. If you go to an ELCA Lutheran church, you most likely use their new red hymnal. In the red hymnal, they have hymns like, Mothering God, You Gave Me Birth. All of the psalmody has been desexed, so all the masculine references to God have been taken out of the psalms because I guess the people in leadership in the ELCA think you're a sexist if you only worship Father, Son, Holy Spirit, He language for God. In the Apostles' Creed in the New Hymnal, they've gotten rid of the line where it says Jesus descended into hell. Why? Well, uh, there could be a couple different reasons. One could be they don't like the thought of hell in the ELCA, some of them. I went to Luther Theological Seminary in St. Paul. I graduated way back in 1979. It's an ELCA seminary. My congregation left the ELCA years ago because they pay for abortions with offering dollars for any reason in the ELCA. That's one reason enough to get you out of there. So I, I was nostalgic a couple weeks ago. I'm going to take a walk through my seminary now. Do you know that since 2009, when the ELCA voted to endorse gay sex for pastors, the seminary attendance has gone way down. They had to lay off staff. I walked around my old seminary. It used to be hard to get a parking spot. Not anymore. Uh, I, I attended chapel, 40 people. I mean, it was like a ghost town walking around those halls. I was told, too, way less than half of the professors now at my seminary believe Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. They don't believe in the virgin birth of Christ. So then I looked and said, okay, who are they going to bring in for chapels to speak to the seminarians? They brought in a practicing lesbian pastor recently. They brought in the bishop, ELCA bishop of Minneapolis, who preached against keeping marriage one man, one woman, which is why one of the reasons we have gay marriage in Minnesota, liberal bishops like her. They brought in another ELCA pastor who doesn't believe in hell. Um, so it, the, the, the seminary that I attended is shrinking, and I'm glad it's shrinking. It deserves to shrink. Then I got this recently. Somebody sent me this from their ELCA church up in northern Minnesota. The pastor gets in the pulpit some, one Sunday morning and preaches his coming out message. Listen to this. 
In this journey of mine, it's been amazing to see the grace of God at work. One such example is having someone special in my life. His name is Jen Dennis. Actually, it's the Reverend De Dennis. I think we've got an ELCA Lutheran pastor now who has a gay lover who's an Episcopal uh, priest. Um, I was trying to help a friend find a partner, and amazingly, I'm the one who received a partner. I believe that the only thing wrong with Dennis is that he is not Lutheran enough. Imagine getting that for your sermon on Sunday morning. Then he says this, I've come to see that these various sexualities are an amazing display of God's creativity. We have a God who happens to love diversity. And please know that no one would choose being gay. Wait a minute. I struggle with same-sex attraction. I have most of my life. For the sake of Christ and my eternal soul, I say no to that behavior. What do you mean nobody? He, I'll agree with them. Maybe you don't choose your temptations in life. You choose what you do with them. And this Lutheran pastor is choosing to have sex with a member of his own sex. That's a choice, a pastor. Uh, just a few more items on the Lutherans, because I know the Lutheran Church the best. The ELCA has an awful national magazine called The Lutheran. In The Lutheran, they have articles teaching that, um, that there is no help, everybody goes to heaven. And uh, in a recent article, they, uh, an article uh, called Marriage Traditionalists, Idiots. Quote, the idiots who still think God is a man, who still think marriage is just about men and women, and who want to preach damnation instead of grace. Now, the next issue, the editorial, the editor apologized for the pejorative word, word idiot, but that kind of shows you the, the ethos of the magazine, the national magazine. Um, and now it gets weirder. The ELCA has their first transgendered pastor. Megan Rohrer identifies herself as butch, dyke, queer, and transgender. She's written about 30 articles for the ELCA's uh, official blog about she and her girlfriend and her wife. And then in one of the weirdest things you'll ever read, she was interviewed for an article called Butch in the Clergy, talking about does her congregation call her she or he or both? This is not my grandma's Lutheran church. All right. Um, one last thing. The Lutheran magazine recently talk about denying reality. Lutheran Church ELCA is shrinking because of all this. But the Lutheran magazine had an article on what is drawing people to the ELCA Lutheran Church? And they concluded lack of hellfire, homosexual acceptance, progressive theology, and women pastors are drawing people to the ELCA. They had an article about this football player, homosexual football player, who was uh, excommunicated by his conservative Christian friends. Then he found the ELCA, and they make him feel warm and accepted. And uh, so, so, you know, the, the, the point of the article is, Come to the ELCA. We won't talk about hell. We won't talk about your sin. We'll just make you feel good in your sin. Let's talk about the Presbyterian Church USA. I won't talk much about this. Pretty much the exact same story as the ELCA. They, a few years ago, affirmed gay practicing clergy, and now they're shrinking. Just recently, they even went beyond the ELCA Lutherans. They changed their book of order so that now marriage is no longer a man and a woman, it's two people. Well, they're shrinking as well. And tragically, the Presbyterian Church USA, like the ELCA Lutherans and the Episcopal Church, are very pro-abortion rights. And these denominations, again, pay for abortion for any reason with 
offering dollars in the health care plans for church workers. One last, last thing. <clears throat> Rob Bell was an evangelical pastor. He wrote a book in which he uh, shared that he doesn't believe in hell anymore, basically. And so, you know what Oprah did? Oprah, who says she's a Christian, she says she's a Christian. She doesn't believe Jesus is, came to earth to die for our sins anymore, but she says she's a Christian. She's very new age. She gives Rob Bell his own TV show now on the Oprah channel so he can preach this. So my, my point is, the church is a mess right now. And, and I just want to close by saying, okay, what do we do about all this? All right, number one, care. Do you ever pray for the church? Do you care about the church? After the 2009 decision and the ELCA Lutherans voted to endorse homosexually active clergy, I was in North Minnesota visiting a buddy of mine. And Dean and I run into one of his friends, an old man that goes to the liberal ELCA church up in Glenwood, Minnesota. And Dean says, John, what'd you think of what the Lutherans did this weekend? Oh, well, well, you know, doesn't it bother you how they're denying the Bible? Well, that's them. And, and I'm a Lutheran pastor. I, I, I never met this guy. I had to butt in. I said, I'm a Lutheran pastor. It grieves me that they are affirming a behavior that 1 Corinthians 6 says will send people to hell. Well, Dean and I drove away, and I turned to Dean. I said, what does it take to upset that guy? I mean, if, if, if the ELCA denied the Trinity, would he care? So my first point is care, pray for the church. The second point I want to make, switch. There was a time when you could make a case for staying in the midst of these liberal denominations and trying to turn them around. That ship has passed. It, I, I'd encourage you, even if you've been in your church 50 years, and I know it's hard to leave it, take your time, your talents, your money, join a church that is promoting the gospel, not attacking the gospel. So pray, switch. Number three, read your Bible every day. I, th I think Christians who read their Bible every day aren't going to be duped by these liberal pastors and their sermons. Read your Bible every day. And then the last thing I would say, but go somewhere. Now and then I'll, uh, somebody will say, well, pastor, yeah, th th my pastor was preaching heresy. I don't go to church anywhere anymore. No, no, no. There's lots of good Christians out there. Got a, got a lot of good churches out there that are still preaching the truth. Hebrews 10.25 commands every Christian to be part of a church. So don't let the fact that you got burnt keep you from church. There's lots of churches that still believe in the Bible. Find one and go every week. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us not only his knowledge of Scripture, but his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, as long as we're talking about these churches, these were good churches that went yeah. astray. How did they go astray? What caused it? I think part of it was intellectual pride. Some of, and I'm talking Lutherans now, but some of these other denominations too. Some of them got their, uh, went over to Germany to get their theological training. Germany, way back in the 20s, was going liberal on these things, and they brought it back to the United States. Those, those. Uh, people who got their PhDs in Germany became professors in our Lutheran schools. That's one of the problems. I think the main problem is they just don't believe the Bible anymore. They're smarter than the Bible. They're, it's kind of this proud, I'm too enlightened to believe in the Bible the way Christians have for 2,000 years. I think it's a pride issue. Wow. Well, 
are there any good Episcopal or UCC? Yes. Or? Yeah. L l for instance, the Episcopal Church USA is the big liberal one, but there's this thing called the Orthodox Episcopal Church. There are other groups. If you're an Episcopalian, you want to die an Episcopalian, that's fine, but I would get out of the large Episcopal Church USA and join one of these other Episcopal bodies. Same with Lutheran. Leave the ELCA and join a Missouri Senate Church or, or something. Yeah. Okay. Are the, are the Presbyterians completely... Uh, no. Again, PCUSA is, is very, very liberal. I leave them. I join the PCA, the Presbyterian okay. Church in America, which is very biblical. All right. If you discover that you're in a heretical church, what should you do? Well, um, if, if it, you know, there are good churches that go heretical because they get a bad pastor in for a few years and then he moves on and then it's good again. But if you're in a church and the whole denomination has taken a stand against scripture, like we've talked about, if that's a church-wide thing done officially, I think I'd leave. Okay. That, that's when you leave. Okay. Um, so what are some of the current heresies that are really on the mm -hmm. forefront? Um, called universalism, that everybody goes to heaven. You don't have to believe in Christ to be saved, which is the opposite of what the Bible teaches. Changing God language, getting rid of Father, Son, Holy Spirit language, and replacing it with creator, redeemer, sustainer language to get rid of the masculine pronouns for God, because the Trinity, in some of these people's view, is sexist. Um, the teaching of uh, uh, moral relativism, that abortion, homosexuality are fine, as long as you pray about it. That's, that's kind of what they throw in. So those are some of the heresies. Pastor Brock, are the churches disciplining any of these pastors that are yeah. teaching? Year, years ago, Jackie, when you and I were young, if a Lutheran pastor was going to preach from the pulpit, you don't need to believe in Jesus to be saved, they'd have thrown him out of the church. Today they put him over the committee on, on, on stuff. So... Uh, you know, once upon a time, the Lutheran Church, Episcopal Church, they would discipline pastors who were heretics. Now they're kind of celebrities in the church. It's kind of a sad commentary, isn't oh, it, it, when is. that I happens? I mean, for Bishop John Shelby Spong to still be a bishop in the Episcopal Church says to me there's no discipline in that denomination. What exactly is grace abuse? Grace abuse is what, see, I'm a Lutheran, you're a Lutheran. Paul the Apostle teaches, the Bible teaches, we're saved by grace alone, not by our good works. I heartily believe in that. Grace abuse is, because we're saved by grace, I can sleep with my boyfriend. I can have an abortion, because, hey, we're saved by grace. Paul says the opposite in Romans 6. Shall we continue in sin that grace might increase? Paul's answer is, may it never be. Some of these churches' answer is, why not? Our are heretical churches still Christian churches? Uh, only the Lord knows. I won't make a, a judgment. I don't doubt that there are people that love the Lord in the UCC, the Episcopal Church, ELCA. There are pastors still and lay people that love the Lord. I don't know why you would stay in a denomination when you put money in the plate and some of that can go to pay for abortion for any reason. That's tragic. Thanks for being with us this week. We pray that God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, 
Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Thank you.